Welcome back to another ESL podcast. I'm your host, as always, Arsenio, and today we're going to be diving into uh, the cultural clash. That's right, people. You know what? Me and, oh my God, Ebrew, as a matter of fact, we've talked about this before. Not sure if you guys have listened to that podcast, but it was sometime earlier this year. And, you know, we talked about different cultural clashes and stuff like that and how difficult it may be. And what ended up happening, especially with Ebrew, is there were a number of things that we had spoken about. And what it comes down to is about culture of organizations. Now, again, me being a dental assistant in the past... And having gone from an American style dental assisting type of way to my jobs being completely reduced to nothing other than suctioning in Australia. I couldn't do x-rays. I couldn't do a lot of things. But not only that, I'm not just working with a bunch of Americans. Okay, I had a Filipino American, African American, which I kind of am, plus Puerto Rican American. So many other things. But when I went to Australia, my first job, they reached out to me before I had gone there. So I didn't know about the culture of the company. But when I walked in, there sat an Iranian dentist. Here was another Egyptian dental therapist over here. An Australian, a guy from Brazil, another one from Romania. My goodness gracious Was there a concoction of different cultures around me? And to be honest with you, I quit probably within 10 days because obviously only getting 15 minute breaks for about 11 to 12 hours is bullshit. And I was working in Footscray outside of Melbourne, Australia, for those of you who wanted to know. This place was fucking awful, but they were hiring me illegally because I didn't have my tax file number yet. It came probably about two weeks after that. So while I was working there, the Egyptian thought I had to have everything just spick and span, meaning just perfectly neat. And I'm like, bro, I remember I went into the sterilization area. I was talking to the Brazilian and the Egyptian dental therapist confronted me and said, there is no bib on the patient. There is no this, there is no that. And I said, what the hell do you want me to do? And I quit. I grabbed my stuff and I walked out. One, because the job sucked. Two, because I had enough. And sometimes when you're pushed to that breaking moment, you don't know what else to do. Shortly after, probably within about a four to six week period, I'm over, oh, I'm over here working and I hate to call this place out, but the South Melbourne Dental Office, there was an Argentinian working there, love them. Latinos, man, Latinos, no problem, man. You are my people, okay? All Latinos, I'm talking about the Portuguese too, especially. Y'all are my people. We are the same blood, okay? But I was working in, lo and behold, with a South African. This guy, he would bring patients in. Again, we're talking about culture and clashes, I was scared, given the fact that I'm 23, 24 years old. How can I pull him aside and say, hey, man, don't you ever speak about, don't you ever speak to me like that and do that in front of patients? Do you understand how I may have felt? But this guy is like a cyclist and all his, of course, 
patients know him so well. And I'm over here trying to chime in in the conversation. And he is so animated throughout the entire dental procedure. But once the patient walks out, he's like, okay, hurry up and clean this. And he walks out. I said, whoa, 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 whoa. You're not keeping that same energy that you have for the patient for me, bruh. I know that I'm a dental temp, you know, a dental temp out here. But I'm from America, number one. Number two, I speak your language. Number three, I do deserve respect. A lot of people say, oh, respect is given. Respect is earned. Bullshit. A human is a human. I don't give a fuck if you're Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk making money, or if you're someone working at a Walmart in America. Respect for all different levels of society is always ever in present. And I just remember when I was working on a patient, there was flowable composite, which basically means if you have a cavity, the dentist goes in and drills your teeth, and then it's all open and free of the cavity. We put the flowable, or he does, put the flowable composite into your mouth or into that little area so that it protects the remainder of the enamel that is there and the pulp. But of course, there's a dental tip. I don't know anything about the alphas. God damn it. I'm fucking working there as a dental tip. You know, very, very coincidentally, there is actually a lady working in sterilization there who is from Thailand. (laughs) Come on. I mean, this was just a microcosm in terms of what was going to happen with my life. But nonetheless, he tries putting the flowable composite into this open area and realizes that the tip is not there. He literally goes on to take the flowable composite out of the mouth and throws it up against the wall while shouting, "This you've got to get the right tip on, mate. It's a little Australian, South African. I cannot master your accents, I'm sorry. I'm very good with the Nigerian accent, but I'm just not good with the South African. And I said, and I retorted, well, it kind of looks like the right tip to me. Cultural clash. See, because you pushed me to such a breaking point, I don't know what else to do but to respond in a way that I've been taught back in 2011, 12 years ago, what, 11 years ago. Totally different from who I am today. 23 versus 34. Oh, my God. We're talking Andromeda versus Milky Way galaxy different. And that was the last day I had worked there. It's funny that he came in to my, it it was so funny. He tried making amends, meaning he tried to make up for the bullshit that he actually put me through by coming in and saying, he asked me a question. I forgot what I had said, but I remember he used the phrase, oh, it's a no brainer in terms of what other step that I had to take in terms of whatever it may have been. But then there was another dental assistant there working at the office who saw him acting in a very ominous way and she called him out on it and I remember at the end of the day 6 p.m I go into the little faculty room where there were three Australian women sitting they were like man I hope you come back and by that time I had already quit I was like oh yeah you're not gonna see me you do not deserve me I'm an American not saying that from a level of conceit but I can take x-rays you can't I can do this, you can. I can do this, you can. I can do that. I can do 10 other things. We've been taught in America. 
that you as an Australian cannot do because it's against the law. And for your South African dentists to treat me that way, forget about it. Culture clash. See, people, I would have to say working with actually the uh, people from Afghanistan, they were the easiest to work to uh, work with. Iranian, you know, not so much personality, but I could still work with him. That was at the first dental office. Work with Russians, uh, Dr. Maria Mattis. I don't even know how her first name was Maria. Uh, but yeah, work with her in the CBD of Sydney, Australia. Uh, I work with, oh my God, the Danes. Okay, Denmark. Oh man, well, who else? The Koreans, you name it. Guys, that's the beauty of Australia. I work with some of the most unbelievable people. And that's what I love so much about Australia because it taught me so much before I came here and moved here permanently as a resident here in Thailand. And so I could tell you right now, did I understand anything about the company's organization and the culture? Nope. I walked in and I didn't know what was going on. I remember I showed up very early to a job in Mooney Ponds outside of Melbourne, Australia. M-O-O-N-E. And I remember the lady was just like, okay, yeah, just clean all this. I'm like, okay, well, yeah, that's my thing. So I clean it and I go into the dental office and then some girl comes up behind me and says, excuse me, hello. And I look back and I'm like, holy fuck, <laughs> the most beautiful. She was Sri Lankan ethnicity, but British, the most gorgeous one of the most gorgeous women I've ever seen in my life. A dentist. One of the best offices I've ever worked at. And people who know that I'm from America and that I'm just so good, they adapt to me. There was a, I've had, I've had dentists call me out and say, not, not call me out in a good way. Say, hey, let's go get some drinks. Hey, double shot on me. Double shot on me. I had four shots within about 20 minutes. It was the most amazing thing. Other people from another dental office, this dental office, they're millionaires. They call me out for dinner. I remember coming out the train station. And then once I came out the train station, there was a bar right there on the corner. And the owner of the dental office held his drink high from inside the restaurant and looked right dead in my eyes. People, I could tell you right now that Australia was one of the most amazing experiences, although just a year of my life. And there were so many things that I had to understand about working with people from Burma, wonderful. Working with people from Russia, wonderful. Working with people from Denmark, the best. Working with the Koreans, amazing. As a matter of fact, I never met Japanese, which is so weird. Uh, working with, um, you name it. I mean, it was just a phenomenal experience overall, but it was a lot of adaptation. So I could tell you right now, if I ask you this question, are your colleagues different from the people in other departments or companies you have worked in? And obviously, given the fact that I am now a teacher, a solopreneur living and residing out here in Thailand, what I dealt with from 2011 to 2012, I needed that to deal with the foolishness of let's say the Irish teachers and the South African teachers and all these other people, not, not even South African, they're always cool. I'm talking about the British teachers. For some reason, they always fall right in that little, that little area. But it prepared me in terms of 
culture clash. And so you would have to ask yourself, you know, think about the different relationships, attitudes, and communication styles these specific people had to one another. And so think about it from this perspective, the power distance. Remember, I talked about the power distance scale in the previous season. Communication style, previous season. Body language, previous season and lately. Age and gender roles, first time today. Attitudes to time, first time today. Personal space, probably in the previous seasons. Dress code, first time today. Attitudes to humor, first time today. And attitudes to socializing, first time today. Well, as a matter of fact, we're going to listen to a video. All right? And I must paint the picture. We have what I believe to be a Western African, not exactly sure what country, but Western African employee working for a company. And what's happening here is a merger. We know how difficult mergers can be. You're basically combining power, distance, communication styles, body language, agent generals, attitudes to time, personal space. You're combining it all together and you're just hoping for the best. That's all you're doing. That's all you can do. You're just hoping. You're like, oh my God, please let this work because mergers are tough, right? Austria and England, America and Myanmar never will happen, but I'm just giving you ideas in terms of what potential mergers and what types of things they may end up faltering over. Well, we're gonna listen to an audio and we got nine things that I already messaged, that I already mentioned about the dress code, attitudes of humor, socializing, all that. You're going to have to pay close attention to exactly that right here, right now. And so here we go. We're gonna dive into this and let's see where we go. Three, two, it, well, you know what? No, hold on. <laughs> I just want to hurry up and make sure you never know. Okay, we're good. We're good. We're good. Okay. All right, here we go. Three, two, and one. Hi there. I'm Ed Ryan. Welcome to Blue Rock. Pleased to meet you, Mr. Ryan. I'm Jack Wright, East Africa Operations. Well, good to meet you, Jack. And please, call me Ed. We don't stand on ceremony around here. Okay, then. Ed. I thought we should get to know each other. I'm a program analyst too, so I guess we'd be working together. Join me for a coffee? Well, actually, it's a bit early. Um, our coffee break's not till 11, and I really need to sort these files out. Oh, I see. Morning. Uh, morning, Miss Lambert. Uh, Mr. Ryan. Ed. Emma Lambert. Pleased to meet you, Mr. Ryan. All right, so let's stop right there. Emma looked at, obviously, Ed. He reached out with his hand. Hello, Ed Ryan, nice to meet you. She looked at his hand, looked up at his eyes and said, nice to meet you, walked away. Here we go. That's <laughs> one very busy woman. Your assistant? My boss. Oh. And now we sit in down. Do you meet the minister today then? I'm sorry? Relax, I'm only joking. You don't always dress like that, do you? So basically, the man of the Eastern African operations has a suit. Ed is very casual. We have two different styles of dress code to humor because obviously, Eastern African, he doesn't understand what the hell he just mentioned. Socializing, forget about it, right? 
attitudes to time, you already know what's happening. And so now we're going into personal space because now he's sitting at the table of him. And so now it begins to get even crazier. I mean, we're a not-for-profit. We're not selling anything. Oh, well, um, Miss Lambert likes us to dress smartly. <laughs> well, that's management for you. I mean, they may look good, but they haven't got a clue, have they? Well, I don't know about Blue Rock, but I think our management do an excellent job. And you wouldn't want to upset management, would you? <laughs> anyway, listen, Jack. Yeah. There's a few of us at Blue Rock go for a working lunch in a restaurant on Fridays. It's sort of half work, half pleasure. So we get back a little late, usually around three. But it's a good chance to exchange ideas and brainstorm problems. We thought you might like to join us. Oh, I, I don't know. I'm supposed to be back at my desk for 1.45. I, I don't think Miss Lambert will like the idea. Oh, bring her along too. The more the merrier. No, I don't think so. We don't socialise much at GWA. Oh dear, oh dear. Not a very happy little organisation then, are we? What do you mean? What makes you think you have the right to judge us? You're worried that we take our work more seriously than you do, is that it? Well, at GWA we have a reputation to uphold. And now I have important work to do. Well, I was only trying to be friendly. Look, if that's the way you want to play it, then fine. Well, don't say I didn't try. If everyone at GWA is like you and your boss, you're going to find it hard to fit in here. And there it is. My goodness. I don't know if any of you who listen to me in the 200 and apparently one countries around the world, I do think that's a little bit off, have had this type of problem in your workplace. You know, power distance, of course, going back to the manager who didn't shake the hand. I guess that's a power distance scale. And age and gender roles, given the fact that he was a man, she was a woman, she probably felt like, nah, I'm not going to shake your hand. And so if we look at, I guess that, that was a little bit of a personal space, right? But then, you know, on the first day, a guy who comes from a company where they take their time seriously and they take their work seriously, they come to and merge with the company that's very lax, very, you know, in Thailand, we, would, we like to say sabai, sabai, very relaxed, okay? And what ends up happening is this guy from this side tries imposing a company culture that he knows that this company has no idea what their company culture is onto Jack. Hey, we're going Friday. We get back at three, this, that. And a guy that is already coming from a company where everything is very, very strict with time, it's going to be too difficult for him to adapt to your needs, right? Now, obviously, Ed could have done a much better job from his part saying, okay, well, Okay, he's probably from a different company. Okay, this, okay, that. He's from East Africa. Once the, the moment he says East Africa is the moment you say different culture. The moment you say Middle East, I have a lot of Middle East listeners, people listening to me from Iran. There are so many people from Iran who listen to me. Afghanistan who listen to me. Pakistan. And it's a different culture. Eastern Asia, Japan, China, Korea, different culture. Taiwan, different culture. Southeast Asia, different culture. Brazil, holy shit. Football, Neymar, different culture. 
You've got to be able to adapt at the time is what I'm trying to employ you to do. See, Jack was so like, no, no, here at J, you know, we do this and we do that and this and that. He's like, you're going to have a very hard time fitting in around here. And those are some of the problems in regards to cultural differences that we could ultimately end up having. And so it's always very, very important to always look at, okay, what did I do right? What did I not do right? Okay, how can I do this a little bit better? Can I do this? Can I do that? And it's very hard. But in the next podcast, we're going to talk about the cultural sensitivity checklist. And we're going to listen to a second video of Ed and Jack going over the same exactly thing. So with that being said, people, I want to say thank you so much for tuning in to another the Arsenio ZSL podcast. I appreciate it so much and you better stay tuned for more because I got a lot of fire coming over and out.